On today's episode, we have George Burke. He's known as French Toast out in the Cleveland area, uh, former Nantan, now becoming a super region Nantan. This was a, a second attempt at recording this episode because uh, we lost the chip the first time. So it's even bigger and better, baby. You guys are going to be encouraged and motivated inspired by French Toast. He was a coach, a football coach, uh, a teacher, and now he's an administrator going for his PhD. This guy, I don't know how well known he is. This is known about across F3 Nation, but he is a rucking enthusiast and he started a rucking club in his middle school. And you got to hear about that because we got to get more people doing this kind of stuff. That and a thing called Build a Bridge where he's involved with an organization, a program that brings schools, football teams, high school football teams together of different races and stuff and have them doing things together and just building bridges for the community. This is an awesome episode. We're excited to bring it to you. So enjoy this episode with French Toast. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High Impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. Now, what you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less. To help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. Okay, defib and dial up coming at you again with another episode of the High Impact Man podcast. This one is a special one because of two reasons. <laughs> one, uh, it's a rare Saturday that we're recording, and the reason for that is because our guest uh, George Burke, otherwise known as French Toast from the Cleveland area, we recorded him about a week and a half ago, and somehow the chip that the recording goes on just disappeared, vanished, vanished. We're blaming Spielberg. Of course we are. He's not even here. So he's not can, here to defend yeah. himself. So all right. Who knows what happened? But uh, anyway, <laughs> we lost that darn recording, so we're doing it again. French Toast has been kind enough to join us again and give us his time, and so we're very grateful for that. And and I'll tell you guys, you know, after the first recording, and we're like, wow, we can't wait for this one to air. This is a great episode. You know, this guy's done so many things, and it's going to be so cool, and, and, and then we don't lost the darn thing. Well, and maybe what it was is after we after we finished the last time, we ended up having like another 10-minute conversation, and we're like, wow, this was great content. We should have had this in the yeah, recording. I know. Yeah. So maybe that's what it was. We were just meant to, to do it again. Meant to do it again. So it's like re-French toaster. Uh, <laughs> it's leftovers. <laughs> yeah. It's like the toaster if you, well, you don't make French toast in a toaster, but if it was just toast, it's like when you push the button down to yep. get it a little darker. A little darker. Hopefully it doesn't get burnt because that's usually what happens to your toast if you re-toast right. it. So French toast, you out there, brother? Of course not. French <laughs> toast. <laughs> Are you guys not getting me? Well, we got your voice. You we disappeared just there for a second. Video, but that's all good. As long as we got your voice. All right. Hey, there we got him back. French Toast comes and goes. All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast, French Toast. Thanks, guys. Great great to be here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's really oh, cool to have you. And, and, you know, you were sharing with me before we went on the air that something new happened. Pretty cool uh, that you're going to also be able to uh, talk about since we recorded the last one. So, yeah. That's maybe it's meant to be. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Nevin Gorky. Uh, Dfib is my F three name. The guys know me in the gloom as that. Dial up, otherwise known as Troy Klinger, is my co-host. You guys who listen to us know us. Who those who don't listen to us and don't know what F three is about, which we're going to talk about today. It stands for Fitness Fellowship and Faith, and it's for men. It's free and open all men, and we do it around the world now. Uh, all kinds of workout groups, and the reason we do it, the mission is to plant, grow, and serve small workout groups to invigorate male community leadership. 
And so by, uh, by definition and, 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 uh, what, what it really is, is a leadership development program. And dial up, we did, we, uh, I queued this morning, we did a beat down talking about the cue point of articulation. Yes. Very good. Uh, good examples were used and good communication about articulation during the beat down where you force some guys to step up and lead, uh, in the COP at the beginning. Yeah. And, that's a, uh, it, it kind of lends itself articulation, that cue point for anybody out there, it lends itself to incorporating it into the beatdown. Yeah, it was good. And then during the beatdown, like after you had exhausted us on uh, some short Nun Hill sprints. Yeah. Uh, Nun Hill, it's, there's, a, there's an old convent near us and there's like a super steep hill, maybe 60 meters long or so. Yeah. He had us sprinting up that sucker and doing squats at the top and then, you know, making our way back to the bottom and doing Merkins at the bottom and had us do that for i don't even know how long it was you didn't tell us it was a what the time was going to be we just kept going and it was a grind i was hurting after the pre-run and yeah uh anyway but then yeah like after we had us all exhausted we had to articulate mm. uh some different uh values of f3 and what f3 represented and so it was good because we should be prepared uh as men of f3 to be able to share that message of what what f3 is all about what yeah. uh, what the different f's represent and stand for yeah, and uh, nobody knew they were going to get called on. I just picked guys uh, sort of at random. Some guys I, I picked for reasons, but um, didn't know they are going to get called on. 13 guys, you got to get up front and all of a sudden talk to these guys and, and articulate what F3 is all about and while your heart's racing and you're sucking wind. And so, uh, yeah, I thought uh, I thought everyone did a good job. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it was fun. We had a nice uh, eclectic mix of uh, ages too. We had four guys in their 20s. Two, one guy in his 70s, two guys in their 60s, I think four guys in their 50s, and a guy in his 30s. It was a, it was a good group. But enough about us. So French Toast, uh, tell us where you're from, how you got involved with F3, and how you got your name. All right. So um, I'm from uh, a suburb east of Cleveland uh, called Willix, where I grew up. And um, I went to uh, East Lake North High School, and it's kind of relevant because it comes back later on. Um, Went on to play college football at Mercyhurst in your APA. And upon my return, um, I, I went to education. I'm a, I was an intervention specialist. I taught since with special needs um, for 17 years. And I uh, worked my way to my, my dream job. I got to be a teacher and head football coach at my alma mater. Hoorah. And, uh, you know, again, and it, it was, you know, it, it's always great reaching your goals. But, you know, sometimes, or and I don't think sometimes, I think as you, as you get a little bit older, sometimes you realize, your goals change as, as life around you changes. Um, I uh, married my high school sweetheart, um, Gina, who, who I you know, dated since I was 16, and she was 14, and we had two two children, Brady and Josie. And, uh, you know, and that was going on during the time that I was a coach. And, and, and again, it's, it's it's a grind. You know, anytime you're in a position of leadership and doing things, um, you know, it, if you're doing it the right way, you know, you're, you're, you're deeply invested. Um, but during that time, uh, you know, I had, uh, had a unique experience. I, I found out I had a brain tumor, um, in a random way. I used to do uh, tackling drills with my, uh, senior athletes mm -hmm. and going through tackling drills, got dinged up, got my probably 25th concussion, you know, and, <laughs> right. And, and, in the news at that time, there was a spur of, of football players who were having some, you know, post-concussion um, issues. So I bothered my uh, doctor, just let's get an MRI, let's just get a baseline. I know it doesn't do anything or fix anything right now, but down the road when technology is better, let's have a baseline. So uh, 
you know, with that, I, uh, again, I kind of have a brain tumor, um, kind of unexpected at that point. And, and that was a, a kind of like a reflection point in my life where I had to like kind of reevaluate mm-hmm. where I was, what I was doing. Um, you know, there, there's something that happens to you once somebody just has a conversation with you about drilling into your skull mm-hmm. and removing part of your brain yeah. and not knowing if it's cancerous or not until they go in there and, and, and they do a biopsy. And I was fortunate that it wasn't cancerous, but again, the, the experience still, um, definitely had a major impact on me. I started thinking, um, am I the, uh, the, the husband I want to be? Am I the father I want to be? Am I the, even am I, am I the leader I want to be like to, the, to my students, to my players? Um, cause there's a lot of other things kind of going on during that time that I didn't necessarily, um, know it was because of the tumor. Cause again, there was a lot of like uh, residual things going on. Some anger issues, I think that were from that, um, some tingling in the fingers and feet and, and just, just stuff that I thought was just like injuries, just sticking around for, for the, for the time being from, from playing at athletics and doing those things over the years. But, um, you know, after that point, I, uh, I went back and I, I got my admin license and I, I made a switch administration where I, I went and was that black director, um, for a couple of years, uh, and as a principal, then I switched to director of people services and I'm, um, get the opportunity to over oversee, and work with a lot of great people with our special needs populations and a lot of other functions in a small school district that is uh, like highly successful in the state of Ohio. So, mm-hmm. um, but with that too, one of the things that happened with the change in, in what my career focus was going from, you know, teacher coach to, to administrator was it did provide more opportunities for me to be around my family. Mm-hmm. It did provide me more opportunities to, um, you know, be with my wife and, and to, have an impact on some other areas that I didn't have, you know, in, in that previous position. Um, you know, and, and that's what also led me to F3. So um, we had a change in, in principal one year and, and the principal who came in was an F3 guy and he was a rucker and, and he uh, invited me to uh, F3 workout in the morning. And it was, it was a horrible, horrible experience for me because I, I'm a weightlifter and I, I had abandoned lift uh running and cardio mm-hmm. unless i was being chased by something. <laughs> and uh i always thought you know, you lift enough weights maybe people won't chase you so you won't have to run right but uh you know we're running hills in the morning and doing burpees and running more hills and doing more burpees and uh i didn't think i ever wanted to come back and do that you know mm-hmm. it was just it was just everyone i was used to um but slowly but surely attending a couple more workouts um and, and again even in that time i, I didn't want to up, up and queue or call cadence or anything. I just was there just to quietly work out um, in the beginning, you know, and, and just wanted to do my thing. And then I got into rucking with that as well from that same, you know, guy who uh, got me into F3. Um, started rucking with a, a 12 mile, um, 12 days of Christmas ruck that we, we do each year in the Cleveland area. And uh, after that, I was hooked. You know, I, I have like a, a cachet of go ruck. Um, rucksacks and sandbags and anything else that you could carry and walk mm-hmm. around with, um, you know, and and, and kind of are going gone from there. Um, name wise, you know, you, you go into the, your, your uh, circle as an FNG and you, you talk about yourself and, and you know I shared my story about the brain tumor and talked about my family and my wife's a French teacher and 
all these other things. I think I was wearing some Project Rock stuff, you know, so they, they threw out some names like Project Rock, uh, Rock, uh, Mini Rock, uh, <laughs> Kindergarten Cop, because not right. a Tuma. Yeah, I was thinking that. I think thing. that should be your name. It's not it's a Tuma. Not a tuma. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, that was just on uh, last night, actually. <laughs> so eventually they, you know, they, they fell upon, hey, I was wife's a French teacher for French toast, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you guys didn't share this yet, but this is like, because we've had some conversations before that may or may not have been taped, that may not exist in there, right? Right. And, uh, you know, the first time around I said this because I won a French toasting contest, you know, when you guys are trying to guess, you know, how I got that name. But right. it was more of, guys, you know, I think you, what they typically do is they try to find something that's going to, you know, not be too too cool of a name, you know, and at first you don't like but after you live in, in it sometimes, all those things kind of like make a little more sense and, and have more uh, sentimentality to it, right? Yeah, yeah. We we had an FNG today and we named him Inferno. One of the few times that they chose the name that I threw out there. You know, I'm taking a shower um, after the beatdown and stuff, uh-huh. and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know why I was thinking about it, but I think there was a word I was trying to come up with because uh, so we had a young guy, he's a college uh, student, and uh, and. He talked about himself a bunch of different things, and he uh, like 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 to burn things, right? He burns your wood. <laughs> he, he gets he gets some pretty. <laughs> him and my son get together, and they and his their buddies, and they they have some pretty extravagant, we'll call them bonfires. Yeah, out back of, out back his house, the cops showed up one time. Yeah, the fires are cool <laughs> as long as they're contained. <laughs> but anyway, I was trying to think of the word, and the word came to me in the shower: pyro. I wanted to name him pyro. Oh, that, that would have been, been better. I See, that's why I, th- I I do think so. I, I am you know now that I've taken over as an antan, I think there needs to be some serious discussion on the naming yeah. process. Yeah. You have the power. Uh, that may I think there's I think there's definitely some benefit to holding off and maybe not naming until the second post. Yeah, you, you know, could, a maybe get them to come back. Right. B, you use up some really cool names on dudes that like come one time and then you never see them again, yeah, right? And yeah, it's like, yeah. dang, we used a really good freaking F three name yeah. on this guy, and then he never came again. So now we like, and and we don't want to use it again, right? Because uh, what if he does start coming again? Yeah. Um, and three, it's always like that, you know, it's, it's another Seinfeld episode, right. With George Costanza, <laughs> where he thinks of the comeback after, right, the, right, right. after the fact, right. That's what we always think the of the jerk name. store call. The, the jerk out store you. called and they're out of you. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so we think of the F3 name, uh, after the fact, like right. you said, so yeah. Pyro would be good. Yeah. So we'll yeah. have that. We'll have yeah. that discussion. I, I don't know why I couldn't think of it during the beatdown. I, maybe my heart rate was going too fast. Uh, but anyway, uh, French toast, a lot of things that you shared there. And, and I, I would like to talk about multiple parts of what you just said. Uh, hold on. Uh, yeah. So first I got to make, he, he left something out since the last time we recorded. Okay. And, and I got to represent my, my, my Jackie leggers here. Okay. Yeah. Last time when he talked about when he started posting and doing all the running as a football coach, he gained a lot of respect for the cross country guys. Right. He did right? say that. Yeah. So time. I just got to make sure that you, I, I point that out that you left that out this time. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I said that. I think that's something you're making up and just going into the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's delusional. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been a moment of weakness last time. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Well, Next so, thing you're me to start saying nice things about soccer guys. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, the women's World Cup just started, so you know that's uh, you guys could tell by. Uh, well, actually, we're recording this today. It's going to air in two days, so we're we're almost really timely. Oh, this, we are, yeah, yeah. This time, so anyway, um, you talked about. I want to go back to when you found out you had the brain tumor. Um, mm-hmm. It changes your perspective on things, uh, and you know it's interesting because 
you found it incidentally. Uh, you you were having symptoms, but you didn't even know it. And uh, you know, I, I experienced some things in my life. A lot of guys have. And at the time, I, again, I was for some reason just thinking about this today. I had back surgery in February. I had a ruptured disc, and I before the surgery, I was feeling weak because I was my leg left leg wasn't working and stuff like that. And and then going into the surgery, and and for the for a while after the surgery. I, my, my whole sort of attitude changed to being a little bit more like meek and you know I felt humbled by the experience and I was so much more patient with other people which is weird because you know you're undergoing a trial yourself right. and I and I was I found myself being more patient with other people I wasn't getting as mad when I was driving at people and things like that right and but I reverted back to the old guy now so it didn't <laughs> last long so for you French toast you experienced that. Uh, you know that trial you went through with the brain tumor, and thank God it wasn't cancerous. Did you did you maintain that perspective afterwards? Or sometimes you got to look back and say, "Oh boy, I got to kind of regroup here." Um, I, I think. I mean, there was everything. There was definitely a big pause there, you know. But I think life throws a lot of different pauses at, at us too. Whether it's you know an injury, you know, it's a death, a birth, right? A lot. Of of things that, that, that are there if we you know look out for it and you know we, when you think about us and you think about like get right you know lead right lead right all those things like mm-hmm. that's a continuous circle i think you kind of keep going back to that you know i mean there's a lot of times we need to get right as men you know as, we, as we're moving along right and, um, and, and again i hopefully that's one of the benefits i think uh, of being a part of f3 you know, as you know, we're always looking to grow and, and bring new voices in there and, and voices that are different than ours too, you mm-hmm. know? So, mm-hmm. so those are, are, if you're looking for them, a tremendous asset to us, you know, to be leaders and to be impactful because of, um, again, just, just take that pause when it comes to, when a new guy comes in and he starts sharing something about himself mm-hmm. and helps you to reflect on what, what we're doing. I think that's really, you know, part of it. So I, I, I think I do look for those, situations a lot more um, again post brain t- tumor surgery mm-hmm. than, than I did beforehand um, you know so again I think like I said it's it's one of those things that uh, like I said you just got to look for those opportunities yeah absolutely another thing I was thinking about last night actually I haven't shared this with you yet dial up but uh, about a year ago we interviewed dread on the podcast and I was thinking we got to bring that guy back again you know like we brought dark helmet back yeah I think it would be really cool to catch up with Dredd because uh, at least the the stuff that I look at, the social media podcast that I am aware of and look at, he's he's kind of kept a lower profile, right? So let's catch up with Dredd. But then I was thinking about the book. The book is called Q-Source, for those who don't know. It was written by one of the founders of F3. He was a former Green Beret. Now he's a lawyer. Great book. The best book I've ever read on leadership. Mm-hmm. And it's broken down into four what they call quadrants so uh, or sections of the book. The first one is Get Right. Second one is live right. Third one is lead right. And the fourth one is leave right. And I'm thinking that would be a fifth section called stay right. Because that's the that, that's what you just mentioned, French Toast. is uh, and, and it's good because we have our brothers in the gloom to keep us that way. But there are a lot of things that could knock us off track, right? And trying to mm-hmm. stay right is uh, is some, is just as, almost as much uh, of a challenge as getting right. Yeah, how about it? Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we tend to cycle no matter what, right? We, climb get there think we've reached it and then we get we get lazy you know yeah. a lot of times you know and get back out of the habits but I, I know for me that's one of the biggest benefits of f3 is it's kept me way more consistent than i ever was be, 
absolutely before since yeah. i mean since my younger days obviously i was pretty consistent then but after that it was you know it was a it was a classic cycle the pogo yeah and you had you had experience last night and this morning that you rarely have <laughs> yeah how about it the he, dial up is always the leader never the six <laughs> i was the six last night running because i was with mm-hmm. my kids and they just they just dropped me yeah hardcore at the end and i was like good lord I'm, i dropped my pace down to like 715 or something like that and they're still dusting me and uh yeah i was this uh, i got lapped you weren't the six today but i wasn't the six but i got lapped by yeah. uh, <laughs> by by uh omelet and pong and uh, the young the young dudes but yeah. uh, it's all good i like it yeah well that's that's still, good right yeah. still yep they still pull us along now you know how i feel push the order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I volunteered to be the six today. So we had, we are our two year uh, convergence for our, our yeah. AO, tell us about that uh, this morning. It, it was it was a really great thing. Uh, we had twenty five uh, high impact men showed up this morning in, in the gloom. We did uh, a pre ruck, you know, from six thirty to seven, and then you know was up two miles, and then we did uh, you know probably an hour and fifteen minutes uh, combination of some running and rucking and some PT in there. And it was such a great experience, really, because it was cued by our, our pretty much our whole AO. Um, so Sully, our site cue, you know, he, he had his part where he gave a motivational speech while we did a portion of the workout. We had other guys step up and do the do the warm ups, and we had you know Cochran be the lead runner, um, take you know taking all the you know the fast guys up ahead, and, and then we had some you know different PT to intermix into things while, you know, the slower guys got caught up to the end. So, you know, one of the unique things I think that we did that I would recommend anybody else who ever does convergence, we practiced it four times. You practiced so it? We, we, ran through, we ran through our stuff. So Monday we did it first time. That was our first run through. And then we did it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So for, for our, our guys who are here, you know, we all did it. And it was kind of nice, too, because we had a couple of other guys that are you know, out of town or weddings or, or different events. <laughs> So they got to do the convergence, even though they weren't at the convergence today. But um, you know, it was, it was really nice because we got you know representation across our, our multiple AOs. I think we have eight in, in the Cleveland area right now, and, and again, it was an opportunity for uh, Boomerang, who's our current Nantan, to kind of share with with all of us that the plans are moving forward. We're going to go to like a super region structure, and we're going to have two Nantans. They have the east and west side of Cleveland, and then I'm going to get to lead the uh, the whole charge of the group, you know, and, and that was a you know big honor to be asked to do that. I, I initially was like, no. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. And then you guys had me on the podcast, and you talked to me. So all these, like, little things, all these little messages were pointing me in the direction saying, you need to do this, you know, for this reason, because, you know, people have asked you, and um, – you have the ability to do it. Like I, I know, I know how to help organize and work towards you know organizational goals and things like that. So yeah, you know, I'm not gonna yeah. not gonna go the same way I went to that first F3 workout where I said I didn't want to lead, I didn't want to do stuff, and now it's like mm-hmm. you know if I'm being called to lead, then I have to do it, mm-hmm. and you know I need to be looking for that next person that's going to be stepping up when once uh, you know their time is right. So yeah, kudos. he's a super region Nantan now. Yeah, and kudos to you because you know well, I'm just, we're going to get into all these things, but I know you already got a lot of a lot in your plate, you know, as far as different things that you're leading and organizing, mm-hmm. and uh, to pick something else up. Yeah, that's 
good good commitment but uh based on again things we're going to talk about i'm sure you're gonna do an awesome job yeah yeah congratulations on that and uh good luck with uh leading the super region um stay in touch with us we'd like to know how that goes but uh i'll tell you that's next level they're practicing their convergence yeah so was it was it just like one of your aos that you used to to do the dry run or the practice sessions with yeah yeah so guys that were showing up for the regular beatdown yeah so it's our 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 normal core group of guys that, that we've really been there since the start and some new newer guys have came in who, who like jumped into doing things, you know, and, uh, but it, it was fun, you know, and, and again, sometimes it was, it was different people, it's different combinations each day. Um, you know, so again, we just want to, when people come to us, we want to have a good experience, yeah. you know, just want to go by the seat of your pants. Um, we did the same thing last year when we practiced, I think we practiced twice last year, this year we stepped up our practice game, um, made, made, uh, developing workouts throughout the week easy. But, but the funny part was still, we still, we still messed it up the workout today. There was a part where we, we were in, we we're in, a, we had this, this big park, Metro parks in the Cleveland area there, right outside our, our, our workout area. And, uh, we missed a turn, uh, in the woods and it didn't, it didn't, didn't make it any shorter or any worse. It just took them away from some scenery. We wanted to show some people that aren't normally there, but, yeah. um, it was, it was, it was good. It was a great turnout and it was a great day over here in, in you know, Northeast Ohio as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great illustration of you know you, you you need to practice things you know and do things and rehearse them and stuff like that. But things are still going to happen you right. know from time to time. You got to be able to roll with it, right? Yeah, be flexible. Uh, so that that's really cool. We're practicing for the convergence. Um, well, we've never practiced for every anything, have well, we? We really don't have a need to practice so much because if we practice it, that would be the convergence, right? Because <laughs> we our region isn't as big, so we're not as big, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So yet. I, I want yet. to, yeah, yet. That's right. <laughs> Dial-up's got a vision um, for expansion. So I, I ask you a question. So you, as a football coach and all the other positions you've had as leadership, including your new one, uh, obviously we talked about articulation today uh, at the beginning of the, uh, this episode. We did, you know, we, that's what we did at our beat down today. It just happened to be the cue point that we were talking about this week. Articulation. So as a football coach, um, Tell us about your experience being able to articulate your vision and what, you know, the game plan, those kinds of things to a group of high school guys, right? So they're from freshman to senior year. So you got different age groups, different experience levels. Uh, and you got to articulate these things, not only to the players, but you got to your assistant coaches, right? And then get them to do what you want them to do. So talk a little bit about how important uh, that that is in that setting and how you maybe improved over time. You know, I, I think that uh, really in, in any organization, um, communication is, is very important in staying on, on message um, with what, what your core principles are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I was fortunate when I was assistant coach, the, the, the guy, uh, Nick Toth, he was a former, he was a, a college defense coordinator and head coach for a lot of years. And um, I, I watched the way that he organized things and had everything kind of planned out in advance. So, so that's like step one. You need to have that because um, you only articulate things that you know you need to articulate. Mm-hmm. You know, so having that plan in place um, to start um, was was a big part of it. And you know, another coach, my head coach uh, from high school. Um, used to always have this uh, saying that he, again, it was something that came to him from one of his coaches. It was believe in yourself, believe in your teammates, believe in the win. I shortened that down to BSTW, and we would, we would 
always revisit believing in yourself, believe in your teammates, believe in the win. And that kind of like was on message for everything that we did. So we talked about articulation. Um, that was something that I wanted to like make sure that all of my guys understood. I wanted the parents to understand that's what we were teaching the kids as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was my common focus. And then again, that was what, you know, brought us together. It, it coaches and, and why we're doing things and how we're doing things needed to connect to that concept as well. So mm-hmm. again, having that, you know, clear vision of what you want to make sure that you are, um, you know, communicating out to people is important. I think how I've continued to develop in that is, um, you know, when you're head coach, obviously there's, there's fans and they're booing you or they're cheering for you, depending on, you know, how they're feeling about the situation. Yeah. Um, so you're getting immediate feedback on that. <laughs> um, you know, as you go into from teaching to administration, um, in, in, in school administration, now there's that, uh, there, there's a more of a connection to like a political aspect too. You need to be able to be accountable to the school board. Um, you need to be accountable to your teachers and your teacher unions and your support staff unions. So, so when you're talking about how do you stay, um, you know, on point with them, again, you need to have a clear vision of what you're trying to get out there as far as messaging. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, probably a little bit slower moving now. Like when you're head coach, I think you have a little bit more um, ability to kind of move at a quicker pace because it's your program and you're doing things. But now in my role, I'm accountable to a lot of other people, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not just what my belief systems are. It's what their belief systems are and, and kind of like, you know, bringing it together and, and finding common ground to move forward in a positive direction. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, so it's communication up and down the chain of command is important. Um, I stole that from Extreme Ownership from Jocko Willink in his yeah. book, but um, that's not new from him. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's a really good point. I guess I think, you know, when you're dealing with uh, anybody, um, especially young people, there's like this macro communication. I, I just made that up. Where you're talking, you know, to the whole team or the whole program or whatever. And then there's, we'll call it micro communication, uh, where, you're, where you're individuals, right? So you got to take a kid aside and talk to him and, and, some of that's to, you know, pump them up or, or, you know, correct mistakes, but also just managing expectations. Cause I've dial up and I both had coaching experience and, uh, I think that's a big part of it. And, uh, and I think people that don't coach, but have other leadership positions could take a lot from that, uh, that example. He also touched on a key point though, the communication to the parents. Yes. So that the parents understand, you know, what you're, what you're teaching the kids and the expectations that are there. So that was, that's really important as well. Yeah, I kind of missed that in the uh, when I was coaching the varsity team. I didn't have as much of an opportunity to do what I did coaching the club teams. And we could dial up and bo- and I both coached soccer. French toast. We were soccer. Coach. <laughs> we didn't play it, but we I know, coached. I know. It. That's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. You know, at the end of a game, when I coached my club team, then the kids were younger, but uh, we would uh, at the end of the game, you know, the kids come off the field, we'd shake hands with the other team. You know, I might say, you know something to the girls, but I never had a speech to the team at the end of the game. Cause they're not going to remember it, you know, celebrate the win. If you had a loss, we'll deal with it in the next practice. But I always walk across the field with the team and we talk to the parents at the end of the game yeah. and just give a little message to the parents, you know, here's what I see, blah, blah, blah. You know, I kind of, so, it was, you know, it's some places it would be easier to do when the higher you get up, right? So you're super region Nantan, the higher you get up, the harder it is to communicate with everybody. So then you got to rely yeah, and on it's interesting. You're- that you're talking about that right now because uh, so we have a, one of our other packs, six string is going to be the Nantan for the east side. Uh-huh. Um, 
as we as we move into the super region and and boomerang is holding the spot on the on the west side of cleveland until he taps somebody else over there i think uh, and he's working on that but we were talking about that this morning is you know having slt and and doing some of these things is obviously beneficial and important but if we're not communicating that out with you know the guy that shows up once a week right um you know we're not necessarily doing as good as we can do. So that was the exact, you know, and again, that was that was the exact message that we were kind of got on the same page with is like, how do we get better as a group? And, and that's the part of it where there is is improving communications, um, you know, across you know from top to bottom of the organization, so that you know we can develop you know future leaders because you don't that guy who's showing up once a week might be the next guy that's has a major you know role within within the group or is doing some other things. So. Yeah. That maybe he didn't expect to be doing. Yeah. It's a, and it's so important, you know, good communication. Yeah. So, um, yeah, last time we asked you to tell us about how, you know, life was like growing up and stuff like that. We usually do that with our guests. Let's do that. So just, you told us you played football in high school. Anything else, yeah. anything else you want us to know about, you know, how life w- was for you growing up and uh, getting off to college? Yeah. So, you know, I, I grew up in a, you know, lower middle class household and my, my dad was a truck driver. He's a Marine. Um, tough guy, real tough guy. And he, he coached me and my friends and, and, uh, they loved my dad, but he was one scary son of a gun. <laughs> his, uh, you know, he had an F3 name before there's F3 names. He was, he was Wolfman. That was his, that was his, uh, his nickname. Cool. He had a uh, long hair and a big beard and a <laughs> great stripe through his hair. He's a wild man, you know? And, and, uh, you know, everybody knew who he was and everybody respected him. Um, or at least feared him. I don't know. It was one of those two things were happening with, with my dad, you know, and it was, some people loved him, other people hated him. So, you know, that was my dad, you know, so that like, when you have a dad like that, I think that um, kind of impacts you in a lot of different ways. So, um, you know, again, he was tough on, on my brother and myself, extremely tough. High standards. Um, everything was the same level. You know, if I got in a car accident, that was my fault. Or if I didn't clean a dish, like I might find myself going through a wall in my house. <laughs> or, you know, I, I had, had a paddle hung up on the wall, you know, mm-hmm. with my name on it, you know? So there was that, you know, it, it you know, I, I never got uh, any type of uh, physical discipline for something I didn't do wrong, but I did get a lot of physical discipline. And, you know, that had a major impact kind of on me as, as an educator, as a father myself, um, because again, growing up in that type of household, where, where it is like very regimented and there's very specific expectations and um, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard as, as a person. I know a lot of people had different experiences growing up and, mm-hmm. you know, I love my dad and, and he's an important fact in my life. But again, it was, it was tough, you know, and I had, I'll have a mom who's, you know, just a wonderful person, you know, she put up with his nonsense and she was a great mother to my brother and myself. Um, I talked to my wife about this the other day. Like there's never been a time that my mom's ever been like upset with me or mad at me or angry towards me in my life. Mm-hmm. Like from being a little kid to now, like she's that type of person, you know? So I, I had the balance of, of great parents, you know, and, and they pushed us and gave us a framework to, to do things that we never expected to do. You know, I was the first person in my family to graduate college. Um, you know, so that was significant. My brother, who's five years younger than me, he, uh, he's a sergeant major in, in the army right now. You know, he's, been, he's still in there. He's been for 20, 20 plus years. He's at Fort Liberty right now. 
and having a, a major impact. So, um, and, and that's always that internal thing you have in your head as well. It's like, I, I don't necessarily raise my kids the same way that my father did with the physical aspect of things, but there's always a question in your head. You're sometimes like, I think you did a right job with, with my brother and myself, uh-huh. um, uh, with, with, with pushing us to be the best, best versions of ourselves. But, um, like I said, it was, uh, it, it was a strict, um, household for sure. And, and again, it was one of those things that really shaped, you know, kind of who I want to be. And it's helped me to make connections with, with young people because, you know, one, one of the biggest things that's changed, like probably in my lifetime at least was just the amount of like single household families, split, split families, divorces, things like that. Because, um, you know, despite some of the stuff in, in my household at times, my parents stayed together mm-hmm. and, you know, and I lost my dad 20, 21 years ago. So I was relatively young when he passed, but, um, you know, one of my coaches at the, I, it's kind of funny. One of my coaches at, at, at his funeral said to me, and I always remember this, he was like, you know, guys like your dad, um, George, don't, don't, don't live to be old. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he, he lived a whole life, 53 years, yeah. maybe three life, you know, Vietnam vet. You know, and, and again, like some of the things, like some of the things that his experiences that mm-hmm. he thinks he went through, he was a, a gunner in a, hel- in a helicopter during the Vietnam War, did three tours, you know, so there's things that had impacted him, yeah. um, obviously as well, you know, and, uh, and again, he didn't have something like F3. There's, you know, he had, uh, you know, darts at a bar and pool and right. a bunch of things that weren't productive for, you know, again, male, you know, community leadership and, and, and things of that nature. And not that he didn't, didn't do things really impactful. He was a city council person. He, he ran the softball league in the city and he coached uh, football. Um, so he did a lot of things, but again, there wasn't this network of, of, of people looking at things. So how do we do things the right way for the right reason? Yeah. And, and, and I had this, you know, again, shared vision of, you know, the right way to, to help, make this be a great country. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really good stuff, man. Um, you know, I think a lot of us our age can relate, not everybody, but can relate to a probably, probably a more stricter uh, upbringing than occurs today. Uh, as you, you alluded to the fact that there's a lot of broken homes out there and stuff like that. But as an educator, you, you're, you're dealing with that. Right. And so, I mean, and things are different now. So I don't think you could be as strict as when I was growing up, man, I was in school. The teachers, they had, Mrs. Olash had a paddle with my name on it. It was an air paddle. It had holes in it so she could swing it faster. Oh, yes. <laughs> better marks that way too. Yeah. I had a physics teacher in high school who would, uh, who uh, kicked us. You had to bend over and kick you right in the behind. In our day, the board of discipline was a, a real board. board. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, how do you see that now as a, you know, as an educator, what do you, because I mean, you're in charge of the teachers now, right? Or. Well, educators. they're in charge of us, really. They, they tell us and, and share with us what things we need to do to help them be successful. Yeah. You know, really it's a team approach. Um, at the end of the day, you know, if, if you think that there's gonna be a model of leadership where you're gonna have an authoritarian figure to, to say, this is how we do things. Like you're not going to be in the right place, you know? So, um, I think, you know, you know, with that, it's there, we have more information now. Like that's the biggest difference I'd say now than before, like this, the, the information that's available to us, the research that's been done, uh-huh. uh, trauma informed care, and, yeah. you know, how do we, you know, 
encourage positive behaviors. There, there, there's methods that are much more efficient than a paddle yeah. or a beating, you know, um, that we know of right now and in the short term effects of that and the long term effects. And, and it's, it's about educating people too, you know, so when we're in schools and we're talking with newer teachers, like they don't know what our more experienced teachers know and live, you know, it's been such a really unique time in education that I've been a part of, you know, I, I, I walked in a classroom my first year and it really wasn't a teacher didn't have their own computer, mm-hmm. you know? And then, then you had the whole cell phones and, and the internet and, and now we're in a phase of artificial intelligence. So like there's really so much, uh, movement of, of information. Um, and again, it's, it's a positive thing and a negative thing, but again, it's, it's trying to say, uh, you know, how can we do things better? Yeah. You know, and, and work together with people to, to find out ways that, that we can do things effectively and efficiently. Yeah. That's great stuff, man. I think that each kid's different too, right? Cause I I'm just growing up, I saw how, uh, different kids reacted to the same type of discipline and teaching throughout sports, you know, being on sports teams and stuff like a coach that yells and stuff like that, that would just make me mad and I'd play harder, you know, and, but other guys would just crawl in a shell and it would make them worse. So how do you get the most out of everybody? Um, I guess is the real trick, you know, as a teacher, coach, educator, whatever, even a leader, you know, you're leading adults. Uh, everybody reacts differently. Yeah. Yeah. And your points were good. Cause I think back then probably those teachers and, and, and leaders in the schools, they, they only had one way, right? They, right. they hadn't learned to adapt to yeah. the different uh, personalities that were out there that they were, that were, that they were teaching. Well, one, one of the interesting things that I found, and you guys are probably thinking about this too, is, uh, you know, every teacher that you see and every coach you see, they coach the way of their favorite coach or teacher. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way they do things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for the most part, you know, that's going to be their preferred style mm-hmm. of, of delivering information because it worked for them, right? If they've gotten to that spot, it's because somebody coached them and taught them a certain way and they succeeded because of that, yep. you know? So like, that's one of the biggest things is to try to get people to, again, be receptive to how, how do we do things that they're going to you know connect with different populations with kids yeah. and being aware of what their needs are and, you know, that's one of the things that, that's really exciting about where I'm at now. Like I'm in this, our school district's tiny, it's 850 students, uh, but we're, we're right um, bordering on Cleveland. Um, and uh, we have such great teachers and, and, and really families. Like we have this, this, it's a great synergy. And, uh, you know, we are, we're like one of the top 20 schools in the state of Ohio. Wow. And we do it with a demographic that is, um, you know, typically doesn't do as well that, that, that they would do in our school. And that's just a tribute to our, our teachers and our families that we have in this like uh, tradition of just, again, that remember that BSTW I talked to you about, yeah. like our people in the community, they believe in themselves. They believe in the people around them and they believe in success. It's like, I mean, it's, it's just changing what that BSTW, but it's, it's, it's that thing. So when you're in those situations, it's exciting, you know, and, um, and again, I think F3 and sometimes is like that too. Some of the AOs and the regions and areas, some of the things they're doing are, are really cool in a lot of different ways and, and have an impact on, uh, you know, their, their communities. Yeah, absolutely. My, here's DFib's advice to classroom teachers. I would ban PowerPoint teaching. Go back to the chalkboard, right? Turn around, write it, have to write it out on the chalkboard because I would not learn as well if somebody just gave me a PowerPoint and then they lectured on each slide. I learned much better by watching. I can remember when I'm taking a test where the teacher wrote it on the board and what little 
you know, decoration was hanging there, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, in my opinion, and you, <laughs> and you hope that you could see the residual writing uh, right. on the board <laughs> during, when the took it, during the test because the chalkboard <laughs> didn't get completely clean. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could adapt, but, and there are different ways to learn, but that was one way that I learned really well. And I think, you know, getting away from chalkboard tasting would, would, would uh, I wouldn't do as well. Well, and there's the value of actually writing it out. Yeah. Because back then we took notes, like we, right. we took handwritten notes from right. class as they wrote it, yeah. we wrote it. Um, and it, it, that's like kind of a, a little cue for your brain to, to help remember it. Yeah. That's one and of now, the right four now, ways that I learned that people learn. Yeah, yeah. Now if it's PowerPoint, a lot of times they just print the PowerPoints and hand them to you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think French toast? Well, I'll tell you what, here it's, we're, we're way past that. PowerPoint <laughs> teaching like in our school and a lot of schools, really some of the things that teachers in America are doing right now, despite what you might hear like in the media or things like that are so amazing. Like, like people who really, and my, my wife's a teacher in another district. Um, so I know a lot of teachers, like they have a very challenging job. Like the legislators continue to pass laws that make the responsibility of, of raising children the solely the job of teachers, which yeah. is totally unfair. Yep. Um, and, and if, if you're going to pay the money and put the resources in place to help support that, that'd be one thing. But just to say, this is another thing on your list of things to do is totally irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody who's in legislation who's listening to this podcast, uh, remember that. Um, but, you know, in the classroom, one of the things is us as, as you know, in, in our forties, fifties, um, you, you guys remember this, like they have, majority of our kids in their pocket have a tool that is stronger than anything we ever had access to. <laughs> you know, so what are we asking our kids to do nowadays is, is really the bigger question because they could get the answer to any question yep. like that. Right. Remember when we were in school and they said, you're not going to be able to have a calculator with you all the time when you're walking around. That's why you need to know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll that work out for those teachers who yeah. made that projection. Take that, <laughs> Mrs. Rachel. Right? Yeah. I didn't think about that. You're right. They could look up anything. Although right. my kids didn't. So I was like, go look it up. They'd ask me, go look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So education really is, is turning to that point now of like how to, how to use your tools to be more productive. Right. You know? So like it's, it's really evolving. So it's, it's a balance between the old and the new. Um, but like I said, there, there, there is, it's, it's a so you so different than what we saw school as um, because of technology's uh, integration. Even something simple as when COVID happened and, and all of our schools were going remote and people were doing things like we're doing this, you know, podcast today. Yeah. Um, a lot of practices. And, and after the fact, you know, one of the cool things happens, like, you know, one of our math teachers, like he meets with, with kids in those tutoring sessions at seven, eight o'clock at night when kids are done with their practices, when they're done with work. Um, and, and again, that's those are tools that we have available to us that people weren't using that way, you know, yeah. prior to the pandemic. Yeah, you know, so um, it, again, teaching people how to, you know, you know, process information differently. We, we still need to learn how to read and write and, and to do mathematics, but the next level is using our technology to enhance our ability to accomplish tasks. Yeah, yeah, know, know where to look it up and how to look it up and, and leverage the the tools you got. Yeah. I think they should be leveraging their brain yeah. of all things, but uh, good stuff, yeah. man. Uh, so now I want I want, there's definitely two things we need to talk about. And one of them is the, uh, forgive me, I forget the whole name of it, but the, the bridge uh, movement that you guys uh, are doing down yeah. there. And uh, so just, I'm just going to let you go and, and run with that. Sure. So um, we have a, 
uh, organization um, in, in our area. It's called Build the Bridge, um, Build the Bridge Foundation. And uh, it was really spearheaded by Kari Hicks. He's uh, a friend of mine. We, we met in college um, and we uh, became lifelong friends. And, and, the, and the thing between us that's different is, you know, I'm a white Catholic and he's a black Muslim, you know, and, and we play football together at a Catholic college. Um, but, you know, we, if through whatever faith, you know, came to find common ground when we were 18 year old young men. And, you know, throughout that time, I mean, we've always had a good relationship, bouncing off one another and get feedback and provide support. Um, he coached with me one year and, and, and kind of taught me some things I didn't know about the innovative spread offense at that time. That was when teams were just going kind of into these five wide empty sets and throwing the ball all over the place. Um, so fast forward to, you know, a couple of years back, um, he wanted to, uh, again, find a way. This was after the George Floyd situation, some other things going on in the country. He wanted to have a positive response to that. So he wanted to pair up predominantly white schools with predominantly black schools mm-hmm. and get the kids together and, and have them, you know, play dodgeball games, do seven on sevens to eat one with one another, you know, break bread and and learn about what, what they have in common and, and things of that nature. And, and it really caught like fire. And, and it was a testament to, you know, his leadership, um, a lot of other coaches in the area who embraced this idea. You know, I got to, my son was, you know, is in a, you know, a white, you know, predominantly white school and, and he and his coach and, and those kids got to do that with, with another school in the area, Shaker Heights, you know, so um, to see all these schools embracing this has been awesome. And, and, uh, you know, Harry asked me to be on the board of directors to help support, um, you know, the, the cause and to, think about how do we continue to grow this and, and do things that are special. Um, you know, they, they've done scholarships for, for students each year. Um, they, they've done football camps and competitions at a really, really low ch- charge, you know, charging like mm-hmm. $10, $20 for, you know, 500 athletes there and, and partnership to Cleveland Browns. And we have 50 college coaches coming to, you know, evaluate young people to see if, you know, if, if they could be successful, you know, college athletes. Um, they did a uh, interviewing um, thing where they provide that kids opportunities to, to meet with HR directors and answer questions about, you know, how do you get a job in different fields and, and things of that nature. So um, they've taken to the, to the Football Hall of Fame. They've uh, partnered with two of our local NFL players, Kareem Hunt and Farrell Brown, did My Cleats, My Cause, and, mm-hmm. and, and promoted Build a Bridge. Um, NFL recognized Kahari and, and Max Stevens, one of the other um, coaches in our area, um, former NFL guy himself, who's you know a big part of promoting the Build a Bridge. Um, Damian Creel, another one of our coaches in our area. So again, it's just just being asked to be on the board of that has been awesome, and then to watch the movement that they've had of having a positive impact in, in our community, and and, and again trying to bring people together yeah. um, in a day and age where there's a lot of things trying to push people apart. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great stuff. I mean, you know, can you imagine, I mean, you're bringing these young kids together to, and they're doing all this stuff. And so these are guys that said, Hey, we got a problem, right? Yeah. Instead of 
you know, railing against the problem or being mad at one group or another or, you know, saying, I don't want anything to do with you. And they're saying, hey, let's let's come up with a, a unique solution here and and uh, everybody just get together. That's so cool. It is, absolutely. Yeah, because in this day and age, right, everything's, not everything, a lot of things are trying to divide us. And, and like you said, push us apart um, and trying to point out that we're, we're different, right? Yeah. We, we should be apart, but we're not. Like there's way more common ground between most folks than, than, than most want to realize or, or talk about. So yeah, what a, what a cool program. And, and what's uh, awesome about this too really is, and here's part two, I'd say um, to any parent out there, you know, and, and you have a kid who's playing a sport and that moment in the game where you're upset because things aren't going the way that you want them to go, your kid's not playing enough or the score's not in the right side of, of, of the, you know, in your favor. Remember that your coaches are doing things like this too. And, and, and this yeah. is, you know, build a bridge is part of that. But again, having been an athletic director and been, and been around, like, there's not too many coaches that I've ever ran across. Like, man, that's an evil person. Right. These are people who are sacrificing their time yeah. away from their families a lot for your kids. Yeah. And besides the coaching aspect of that, some of the things that they're doing with, with mentoring and, and providing, you know, positive um, messaging to your kids and, and again build a bridge is just one example of that you know we have a you know a group of men in, in our community and across this country there's been people from outside the state of ohio that have reached out how do we do this how do we how do we get involved in stuff like this uh-huh. um to kahari and build a bridge you know um because again people recognize this is this is the way you know yeah to, to forward the, the, yeah and this this is the like this is the important stuff Right. You know, of your kids on your team, you know, how, like what percentage end up playing in college, right? And what percentage, you know, even go to the next level, right, of NFL. But like th- this is impacting every kid and, and yeah, and, and it's the stuff that they really need to, to benefit from or can benefit from and uh, and experience. So, yeah, this is just a great, great program. Like how, how many schools are participating at this point out there? I, I wish I had a number, but like in my head, I'm, like I feel like it's over forty. Like there's a large number of schools. Like I, I can't think of a school in our oh. area that's not doing it. Yeah, and and you know, Northeast Ohio is a pretty big football area, and, and again, we're even looking at how do we go outside of just football? How do we do some of the other sports? You know, I know there's some again. There's always coaches asking like, what else can we do? And how do we expand this? So again, people want to be a part of it. Yeah. Are schools always partnered with one another or does it change some? Like, are you always partnered with, with the same they, other school? They put partner schools. They try to, they, they try to partner schools to okay. make it work out, you know? So, um, you know, multiple years where, where they're doing stuff and, you know, making connections and, and kids, it, again, it's good. It's, 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 it's the same thing that Kahari and I had 20 some years ago because yeah. we just happened to go to the same college. Yeah. You know, we built a relationship it's been impactful and, and, and helped us do different things because, you know, just by the nature of, you know, where we grew up, you know what I mean? It wasn't something we, it was just where we were born. It was, it was not our choice that we made. Yeah. Um, it's nice to have somebody who's different from you with a different background that you bounce ideas off of too professionally because, you know, for me, I, I've, I've been in school, There's I've had times where I've been in leadership roles where I'm working with, with people of color and different backgrounds and, and my experience with Kahari, um, and the ability to have have somebody reach out to and say, "Hey, explain this to me," because mm-hmm. our cultures are different. Now we have different back, backgrounds and different reasons why we do things. And same thing for him, Kari, as he's you know 
trying to go for a head football coaching job and he's interviewing at a school that is predominantly white. Hey, George, tell me about this, this aspect and, and how does this work or how, how would this, you know, come across if this is something I want to do? Would they, would they feel that this is something um, that, that could be, you know, an, an issue? Yeah. And those are real things too, because, you know, everybody, the, there, there's, there, again, for a guy, he's one of the best high school football coaches in the country. Kahari Hicks. And the fact that he's not a head coach is 100% only because he's black hmm. and he's Muslim. That's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, 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 that's a shame. I, um, but yeah, That kind of stuff is still out there. But, man, I, I want everyone to, to be encouraged and inspired by this because, you know, we talk, we've talked about before, there's so much bad news out there. Man, this is these are men in America that are doing great things, good things to help other people, right, and help young people. Just awesome. Just like, completely awesome. Real life, remember the Titans. Uh, you know, yeah. he was talking there this last, the last time. Like, come on, I was man, thinking the same thing. You got to fix this. Like, yep. come on. Yeah, remember the Titans. What a great movie. Yeah. So, you know, and F3, you know, we, we, um, we're open to all men. And it is amazing how your relationships grow and become strong when you're suffering in the dirt together, right? Yeah. Uh, or you're suffering under a heavy load rucking together or whatever. You yeah. know, it's uh, especially if you have the right leadership, you got to have good leadership. Yeah. And it's just, you know, we've talked about like how, how our just random life experiences just play out mm-hmm. and, and have these outcomes that you can never imagine, you know, and there, there you guys are just that friendship that you developed in college, you know, of how impactful that was to, to the two of you right. and, and planted the seed, right. And in a lot of ways for, for what's happening out there and what you guys, what you guys are doing just to, yeah to respect each other and get to get to know each other and, and learn like, Hey, not everybody grew up the way that I did. Yeah. And, uh, maybe not the way that I think, uh, is, is the right way. There's a lot of other different perspectives that are out there that folks are coming out life with. So what a great program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good stuff, man. Yeah, really. And again, F3 has done that to me as well over the last two years, like building other strong male relationships. Because when you're part of a team, like those are things that happen, you know, mm-hmm. and right. it's by chance that Kahari and I have maintained that as strongly as we have for so long. Um, but like, again, after you have that same thing, you have those other guys that do different things, have different, you know, backgrounds that really help you to improve yourself while you're helping them to improve themselves or, mm-hmm. to, you know, again, just to grow in who they are. Yep. Yeah. Great stuff. So now I, I want to get into, um, your uh, enthusiastic, enthusiastic uh, pursuit of rucking. Uh, so first, uh, I'm going to ask you a first question, and I, then I want you to tell me about the program you started. So, and, and the people, our listeners are going to really, I think, dig this, yeah, right? This uh, awesome but the first, I want to talk about, you got into rucking, and, and, you, and you guys were rucking a lot, and um, tell, you know, the listeners that do this kind of stuff or maybe think about doing this kind of stuff, they'd probably like to be interested in, like, What's an average ruck workout for you? How many miles do you go? How long does it take? And how much weight do you carry? So, um, I, I, for, for me, I, I, I'm like stupid with that sometimes. I'm getting better now because I have an injury, so I have to be smart because of that. Um, but um, typically, 30 to 45 pounds is the weight that I'll use in a ruck workout. Um, and, and my average workouts usually four miles. Sometimes they go up to, again, the, the, the biggest I go right now is probably 13 miles. And then the least is always one mile. And, and really for 2023, I've 
rucked at least a mile every day so far. Every um, day it goes back. Wow. In goes back in the last year, and, and I've and I've been averaging over 100 miles a month. Um, for me, and for me, I love it because rucking turns a walk into a run mm. without running. And again, I'm not a big runner. I don't like to run. I don't enjoy running. Um, rucking is really helps in addition to F3 to reshape my, my body composition. My weight hasn't necessarily overall changed, but like I, I, I did some testing type stuff and I uh, gained five pounds of muscle mass and lost 15 pounds of fat. Mm. And that's changes how your clothes fit. You know what I mean? And it changes how you feel doing stuff, you know, moving around. So I think rucking is one of the most accessible, accessible workouts for anybody to get back in shape um, and to stay in shape as well. Um, because again, it's, it's some strength training as, as well as, you know, some good just outside movement. Um, and we've, we've integrated rucking a lot into our, our area. Um, I, I've kind of shared my passion for it with others. So we, we do a rough workout on Monday and Saturday, like Monday's our four miler pretty consistently. And then Saturday could be anywhere from six to 13 miles, depending on uh, what I pop on, on the guys as we go. So they really don't know what to expect on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then we do extra credit rock. So we'll do like a workout before our workout. So we'll do like two milers. Sometimes you do two milers, you know, for speed where we're doing a rock shuffle. Um, and then sometimes we're doing it just for uh just, just to you know, get moving and, and talk a little bit before before a workout. But um, again, I, I think rucking is it's, it's so cool, and, and it's a connection with my with my, my. I always think like again, as you're out and you're moving, you're carrying heavy things. I think about my brother who's done this, you know, in Baghdad and Afghanistan, and and done this in training for himself, you know, in the military. I think about my father who was in the military. I think of my grandfather who was in the military. You know, yeah. this is close as I've gotten to, you know again think some of those things that they go through and why they go through it and, and how that it it really benefits us as a you know as a country to have you know a military that is that is strong and, and agile and, and does things again that kind of like people don't know what we do in the gloom you know everybody doesn't know what our, our military does to prepare themselves to keep us safe right so there's the connection there I, I think you know when you get around Lent and you start thinking about the crucifixion, you think about carrying a cross, mm -hmm. you know, those things you like, what does it mean to carry, uh, you know, some heavy weight? What does it mean to, you know, what are you doing right. with that? So there's a lot of cool things for me, at least that I, um, have gotten out of it, like spiritual and physical. Um, I, again, I can't uh, say enough about it. And, and I think that kind of rolls into the next thing you guys want to touch upon. Yeah, is, go ahead. Uh, I brought this into the school that I'm at. So I, uh, I, I knew that our middle school, our, specifically our sixth graders, don't have a lot of different activities that are tied to the school. Because um, seventh, eighth grade is really where your middle school sports start. So I wanted to have some for the sixth graders, but then I also wanted to open up the other middle schoolers because I thought it was good. And it was for boys and, and girls. And uh, started a, the Red Wolf Ruck Club. You know, so I, uh, we started once a week and, Again, again, those those kids have done two to four mile rucks um, with you know 
20 to 30 pounds, a lot of them, sometimes lighter and that's fine, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's, uh, again, been an opportunity to get, get kids out and get them moving, teaching them how to do something that would be a long-term lifestyle, um, that could benefit them, you know, health wise forever. Um, and it also helped me build relationships with these young people to kind of, you know, get to know them at a different level. Besides seeing me as, you know, a school administrator, somebody who might be the person who disciplines them at different points, um, get to kind of know more about them as a, as a individual and then to know more about me as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I slide in some of the principles of F3. You know, I teach them, you know, some of the slang, the Merkins, and we talk about picking up the six. And, mm-hmm. and uh, again, try to build in, you know, some, some messaging with, 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 with the rucking and, you know, you could do things as a group and then you also, you could do things, you know, one-on-one with somebody as the group's moving along. And, sure. um, you know, it's about developing leadership skills in, in, in kids and showing them that they could do some things that they didn't think they could do before. You know, it's, they get excited too when we've rucked two miles faster than we rucked it before. Yeah. When we've done hills, we've done, you know, long distances. Um, we've thrown, you know, PT intermixed with some stops in there, show them how to do some, you know, the, the rucksack. I mean, you can do so many exercises with a rucksack, yeah. you know, pushes and pulls and, and, uh, you know, you can really hit your whole body with that too. So it's again, showing people how you can do things, you know, efficiently for low cost. And, and, and again, it's just, it's been really exciting, um, watching, you know, some of these people who maybe aren't your, your prime athletes going into it really kind of developing and building confidence in what they're doing. And uh, like I said, like those, that's an opportunity. Those, those are your future leaders. This is like how I, I think F3 has a great opportunity to do this, you know, across the nation. If they, if they want this, you get somebody who's going to volunteer in a, in a school and show them how to do this. It's most of the kids have a backpack. You don't have to go in there with fancy go rucks, backpacks and, you know, heavy weights. Mm-hmm. All you need is a backpack, you know, a couple books, some bricks, you know, mm-hmm. I've had plenty, plenty of things, a variety of things that kids have put in their backpacks right. um, throughout time and show them how to walk the right way. Hey, wear good shoes, you know, stay hydrated, all these things, you know, how do we stretch? But, uh, but again, this is, this is a good way to kind of do things that are, um, you know, just impactful, like on your community. Again, I, it wasn't something I got paid for. It was, it was something I wanted to do. I wanted to volunteer and do it because I thought it was good, yeah. you know, and, you know, I, had support from parents and from our administration, other administration, our teachers, and uh, had other other teachers help out if I if I had to be out of town for for something on a rough day. I had you know our, our cross country coach was there to pick it up and, and get the guys out and and, and doing things and move. But you know, but uh, again, that's been a fun experience doing that. Again, it was never um, meant to do, be anything other than to to kind of get kids out and be involved with something. But I, I think reflect on it now it's, it's become a lot more for them and one of my eighth graders again I've, I've been trying to like focus specifically on middle school but one of our eighth grade you know guys who is part of a ruck club um was just awesome phenomenal you know mm-hmm. and and it was um it was a good year and i had then your guys and i'm like hey come back and i want you to help you know you know lead this i need you to you know basically be the site cue for for our, our rut club and do a pre-blast and a back blast and keep cool. the numbers yeah. and you know like but again he's a brilliant kid super smart um he's okay okay mr beer you know and, uh-huh. and again it's 
you excited to keep him a part of it in a different role. And like, you know, I don't know where this goes, but it's, it's but just like, you know, how, how our regions go. Sometimes something happens and it wasn't the original plan, but it ends up being something pretty darn, pretty darn cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like so th- those years of, uh, are your middle school like six, seven, eight there? Yeah. Six, seven, eight, six, seven, eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, you know what, what impactful years too, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but like that, that's for my kids, you know, and, and it seems like a lot of other kids like that. That's that's really a time when kids can go one direction or another and and, and down the old proverbial right path or, or the wrong path. And yeah. you know, kids struggle, you know, it's, you know, hormones are kicking in and there's just so many challenges in life at that age. And uh, just to have something like this available to them has got to be uh, just a, a great, a great experience. And I know when we talked last time about this, it's. Uh, the fact that you have s- such a diverse population of kids that come to it, you know, from, from the athletes. And I think you mentioned last yeah. time, like, you know, a chess club kid, you know, then the, and the two of them are rucking together. And it's right? co-ed. And, yeah. 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 And, it, and it's co-ed, right. You got guys and girls and uh, just yeah, what a great experience. It's you know, brought kids together that normally wouldn't, it's brought kids together who normally wouldn't be together, you know, um, at different times. And again, same thing. They, sh- they share their experiences. And, and again, you're building, you know, positive relationships out of, out of this, you know, this, this programming. Um, and again, it was, it was nice. It, it was one of those things too. And it's a little bit more loose than like an athletic team because yeah, it's not like you have to be there every single time. Obviously if you could be there every time, that's great. Well, but, nobody's competing you know, for playing yeah. time, right? Right. Yeah. Everyone's participating. Right. Do you, do you guys do again, it all? One, one, of the, one of the tricks. Go ahead. One of the tricks was I, I did have a, you know, different times where I do challenges. Like if you, if you are able to, you know, rock, you know, four miles in less than an hour, you got Chipotle, you know, and, right. and things like that, you know, so you build in some of those other little things to get kids out. So that's, that's one of the things to help, help it going. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's been really fun. And, and like I said, it's one of the things I want to keep building upon. And, you know, it's funny last year, sometimes the guys like, can we do a couple more days a week? I'm like, We'll just stick with one right now and do one really, really well before we start <laughs> yeah. talking about, you know, more days of the week. Yeah, that is so freaking awesome. All you guys yeah. out there need to listen to this. Everybody yeah. needs to start a ruck club in their local school. And Let's if, go, man. And if anybody with leadership or connections to go ruck yeah. is listening, yes. like, hook this guy up with some stuff, man. Give yeah. us some supplies. Like, what a... Absolutely. He's developing future ruckers that are going to buy your stuff. So, like, yeah. Yes, good point. Support them. And... Maybe they could become a sponsor of the High Impact Man podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, let's get these kids that first. Though. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, that's so cool, man. I'm mean, seriously. It's like it's free to lead, man. This is why we want French toast on this podcast. That's right. Hey, one quick question I had: do, do you do it all year long? So we took we took off for the summer, so we don't do it in the summertime. But through the winter, rain, just like F three. Awesome. The only thing that scares the heck out of French toast is lightning. So if there's lightning, <laughs> that's fair. We don't do rough club outdoors i would do it in the building if that, it didn't happen ever but that was the one thing i told him i like if there's lightning we're inside but yeah you know we get two feet of snow in northeast ohio sometimes and we'll, we'll roughly two feet of snow that's fine yeah we'll go through the rain you know that's okay but no lightning hey you know you could do a great ruck, ruck workout in the basketball gymnasium if you got the, the bleachers out yeah. you got bleachers to walk up you go oh my gosh you could do so good such a great yeah. workout there right yeah, I was hoping that was going to be your answer because that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, the only way this can be better is if he's also like, yeah, making him experience the elements. Like when they do this, you know, getting out in the cold. Yeah, especially you know, you're in you're in Cleveland area, so you're getting you're getting weather similar to ours. So great, yeah, yeah just great stuff. 
Love it. Yeah. That's super. Well, I um, want to be I want to be a middle schooler. It's <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm going to be on French toast team. That's right. Um, that's really good stuff. I mean, I, I that's when I first when we first you know our our dry run at recording this, we heard this. I was like so pumped up for this. I couldn't wait for the nation to hear this and you know get behind it. Right? Let's yeah. let's uh, let's let's spring up a few more of those. Uh, things around the country and uh that's just so cool and, and the exciting thing now is like like you, you mentioned like you have a kid that's in high school now that's coming back and kind of almost serving as your site cue yeah, yeah. To, to see as these continued years go on and you got more and more kids that are essentially are graduating from the middle school like what what's the impact going to be then at that high school level and and with these kids in the future like what are the what are these kids that are in this club now gonna do with right what skills and leadership tools they're developing yeah now. like what are they going to accomplish in life as high schoolers and, and beyond so like you're just you're just getting started brother there's some good things going out there in the cleveland area yeah. going on out there that's really cool is is lebron over or is are, are the cleveland fans are they are they over lebron leaving them twice i don't know i left that out the last time um, we recorded like this. Said, listen, <laughs> after the championship there's a lot of people that are happy that, that he brought him the championship. There was an right. amazing run there. All right, yeah. so that was good. He brought him the championship. He can go now. Okay. Anyway, sorry, I took yeah, us down a whole different path. No, that's <laughs> that was that was a, that was a thing. And again, he's a phenomenal athlete, and uh, I mean, for me, I wouldn't mind him being back again. I feel like he could be 45 years old and probably doing some probably amazing things that people half his age couldn't do. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever get to see him play live, uh, like in his high school days? I did. For my 40th birthday, my wife got me front row seats for the uh, Cavs game. Can you so, imagine him in high school? So he, he, this he was, was a, right, he was right there. He was, yeah. Can you imagine this? And he's he's a NBA player because yeah. after high school season, he went into the NBA, the NBA and yeah. he was good. He was an NBA player playing in high school. Yeah. Holy lordy. All right, we should probably move on. I, yeah. know, there's, I know there's the LeBron haters out there. So, oh, I've, uh, I've got some issues with LeBron, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, gonna bring me him too. Up. Me too. But uh, so uh, I, you know, now I want to get to the point here where if I've forgotten something that I wanted to bring in that we brought in last time, help me out. Dial up. Is there anything that um, I think I think we've covered covered everything. the big stuff. Yeah, right? covered the big stuff. And uh, so I'm going to give this opportunity to French Toast as well. French Toast. Anything before we ask you our final questions? Is there anything that uh, that you want to bring out that maybe we, we forgot or that we didn't bring out last time that you want to mention? Listen, I think you guys have uh, hit a lot of great points up with me. And, you know, it's, it's kind of cool about a podcast. I think the format, the way you guys do it too, like things go where they go, yeah. you know, and, and what things that come out, come out. You know, and again, uh, that's, you know, God's guiding hand has been pushing, pushing us in this direction right now. So yeah. you guys keep, taking the lead and you ask me what you what you want to hear yeah yeah that's good stuff i think we you know we we purposely accidentally purposely designed it this way <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say this too like so you don't remember how we got french toast name on the list of having him on the podcast right but it took us well over a year to have him on so i'm going to tell you now yeah we should have we should have french toast on again Bring him back in the future, so yeah. probably you know maybe two or three years from now you'll remember <laughs> to, 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 to do it because I, I you know I I really yeah I, I want to see like where some of this stuff is like yeah. two or three years we'll down get an update maybe and, a year from now yeah you'll have some I'm sure some great stories of things that have come out of this so. or even like you know in February when it's cold in Cleveland and find out how the Ruck Club's doing yeah yeah catch up we need to find a reason to go to Cleveland to to post Cleveland French all right. So. All right, cool, brother. All right, so now I know uh, the 
question, the two questions I always ask, you already got them. You already answered them first when we did our dry run. But, uh, and I think if I remember, I, if I remember your answer correctly, um, the, to the first question, which is if you were to name somebody in the past or present that somebody you look up to inspires you, your hero, who would you say, um, you've had time to even think about this more. I would guess you're going to say the same thing, but go ahead, man, give us your answer. No, again, it is, it is the same thing. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a two person answer. Um, and it's really, um, my dad, like I said, even I talked about kind of his demeanor, his character and, and, you know, what he, his influence on me, but he's really, you know, somebody that's been tremendously impactful on me. Mm-hmm. Somebody who always did the, that voice in my head to push myself to do things that I, that I should be doing, um, you know, and not having him around has made things tough, which kind of led to the second person. And that's my wife, Gina, has been that that rock for me that's really pushed me to do things that I didn't think I could do. You know, I didn't think that I could get my master's degree or my second master's degree or now my doctorate, but somehow I'm, I'm right on the doorstep of finishing some things up with that. You know, I'm trying to do things more, you know, I making this switch from, you know, being a teacher to administration. Um, you know, she, you know, gonna push me to do that, you know, um, cause she felt that I could do that. You know, like again, sometimes you don't think you could do things, you know, so to have that person in your life that sees that aspect of you that sometimes you don't see yourself is, is a great thing. So mm-hmm. my, my, my father and my wife, and then again, I would kind of, if I was going to say there's one little tweak to that, it kind of goes back to that story of my mom. And my mom's always been that like, that like a uh, steady presence in my life. That's, you know, that I, that I know loves me and, you know, and, and silently, you know, silently, uh, you know, causes the softer side of me, I think comes from her. The unconditional love of mom. Yeah. They're special. Yeah. Good answers, man. All right. Last question. This is your chance to speak to the men of America. What's your message for the men of America? Um, I, I think again, I, I think the message is find a way to have an impact on the people around you um, in whatever way you can. And you have to use what tools that you have and, and everybody has different opportunities to, to do that. Um, and, and, and again, don't be afraid to step up and lead when you're asked to do so. Um, because it's, it's rewarding to see, um, people around you to take your guidance and, and to see successes. You know, that was one of the things as, as a teacher, as a coach, when you see young men, um, turn into leaders themselves, it's awesome. I mean, like I can't remember every football game where we won or lost it. But when I see some, some of the guys I coach, some of the things they're doing now is as adults themselves, it's, you know, that's, that's really rewarding, you know, and to see people that you've taught do, do positive things, um, in in the community, that that's a wonderful thing. And, um, it doesn't matter if you're not in education or you're not a coach or teacher, but you know, if you're working in any industry, if the people that you're, working with or for, or maybe you're, you're a leader for them there. Like if you could do things to help them, you know, be more productive and to be more impactful in, in what they do. I think that's what we got to always be striving towards doing. Um, you know, again, it's male community leadership. Like mm-hmm. you lead from the front and you lead from behind, but for, for goodness sakes, lead somehow. Right. Yeah. For goodness sakes, lead somehow. Just lead. Just lead. Find a way to make an impact. Good message, my man. Good message. You know, before the uh, podcast, 
whenever I remember, um, and this is a shame on me for not always remembering, we like to pray before we start. And, and we did that because, you know, we do believe in God. We believe he's real and believe he's in control. He is sovereign. And there's a reason why we, we had a, a recording of uh, French toast once and, uh, and we lost the chip and we had to do it again. We don't know why. Don't know what the reason is. Maybe it's just our own goofiness. But regardless, dial up. I think we just spoke to another high impact man for the second time for the second time. <laughs> yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what an honor and privilege to have you on, uh, this week to, uh, to share what you're doing out there. Um, I, I know I personally hope and pray that it inspires other men, other guys that are listening to this to, to start spinning those wheels in their head and say, man, how, how can we incorporate some of this stuff into, into our community and, and, and feel, um, led to, to, to get something like this started, whether it be the Ruck Club or um, the, the, the Building the Bridges mm-hmm. uh, group that you're, the, really the that group, a groups uh, program, I guess would be the best word that you're doing. You know, get, get something like that started in our communities. And uh, our packs, I put that challenge out to you as well for the mm. faithful listeners that we have within our own packs here. So let's, uh, let's make something happen out of this. Yep. Once, as always, we come away encouraged, inspired, convicted. Yes. And and humbled uh, by our guest. Yeah. So let's let's get after it, guys. Find a way to lead. For goodness sakes, find okay. a way to lead. Well done, brother. Keep it up. Yeah. Thanks, French Dose. We appreciate your time, brother. Thanks. I appreciate you guys as well. All right. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.